one thing my husband said to me leaving the house. He Do not you. cry. <laughs> he jinxed you. And I was like, oh. Okay. Tim, you may have to take this one on then. <laughs> All right. So I would like Dude, to call this word game. <laughs> so just March twenty third, twenty twenty three, meeting um to order, and I'll begin with a roll call vote. Leo Bram here. Michelle Kirkby here. Jessica Riley here. Tim Knight <laughs> here. <laughs> Anna May O'Shea Brook here. Super. So um. Public input. Citizens at this time may address the committee on items of school business, either on the agenda or not. The committee will take such items under advisement without action at the meeting during which the item is presented. Matters pertaining to the reputation, character, physical condition, mental health of individuals will not be permitted. Um, and members of the public will also be welcome to con comment during the public input through Zoom. Please raise your Zoom hand. We ask that you keep your camera on when making a Zoom comment and that you follow school committee policy for public input, including speaking for no more than three minutes and only on topics under the purview of school committee. So um, anyone here, public comment or out in Zoom land? Jackson. Uh, nobody's got their hand raised. All right. Scott's Seven Car Street. Um, this is a, sort of a hybrid of a, of a comment tonight. It's been really wonderful to sit at these policy subcommittee meetings and, and listen to all the work, the great work that's been going through the policies. It is a huge task. And I really want to give Tim in particular a lot of credit for doing this. He's been at it the longest, I think, for anybody on this committee. Um, and I just wanted to, I know that there's a huge packet in today's um, meeting packet for all of you. And it's a huge, it's big. It's like 98 pages or something like that. And honestly, when I went through them all and after sitting at the meeting, and this actually ties into you, Anna Mae, um, the one section is section A and it's policy there's a policy um, that's going to be tabled, ADA. I would only ask school committee to consider tabling policy AD because, as you said, Anna May, at the strategic planning session the other night, the whole child is really something that we always hung our hat on at this district. And you, as a school committee member all these years, have been the biggest proponent of that. And I've watched it at all these meetings year after year after year after year. And even though I come and I make my comments at these meetings. You and I have always shared the similar values. We've had kids that were friends. And I just want you to know personally how much I appreciate everything that you've done and the, how you've hung your hat on that one thing all these years. And so I just ask as a school committee in honor of Anna May to maybe think about tabling this one policy so that you can have a little bit more rich discussion about it because that one policy really talks about the whole child. So that's my comment today. Thank you, Anna May. Right. Anyone else out there? I just want to check. I uh, know. Okie dokies. So um, we'll move on to the consent agenda, the approval of the minutes for our regular session on March 9th, 2023. 
And congratulations to the DECA kids who yeah. qualified to go to international um, finals. And if we can um, have a motion to approve the items on the consent agenda. So moved. So second. Moved. Jess and second. Leo Brem, all in favor? Aye. 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 All right. Yay. And congrats again to those DECA kids. New business. Course level changes at the high school. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. So Robert, Brenda, and Mary will be doing a short presentation and we'll be able to answer any questions that you, any folks might have. <clears throat> oh, poor Mary. <laughs> Thank you. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for having us. And thank you again for approving that DECA trip. It's a, an awesome event. They've done well, so thank you for that. Um, so we're here tonight to share some information related to uh, our grade nine ELA and social studies uh, programming. Um, Brenda Hagen, one of our assistant principals, is here tonight uh, with me, as well as Mary Brule, who's our director of student services. Um, so tonight, we'll talk a little bit about the current format that's in place for grade nine. We'll also share with you what we're looking at for next fall. Uh, we'll talk about the rationale for this change, uh, share some instructional strategies that will be used in the classroom, um, and we'll talk about some outcomes that we can get um, out of this move as well. So for those of you that have students at the high school or had students at the high school, this looks, should look familiar to you. Um, our current format right now in grade nine, um, we have English Honors, English College Prep 1, and English College Prep 2. Uh, we have grade nine world history honors, grade nine world history college prep one, and world, uh, world history college prep two. I don't think you can see it behind the, uh, the screen there. Um, the new format for next year uh, that we're looking at is uh, we would still have grade nine English honors uh, and grade nine English college prep. And we would have grade nine world history honors as well as grade nine World History College Prep. So uh, a few things before we move on that I want to hit on. First, uh, this move does not impact grade nine math or grade nine biology. Uh, and the reason for this is we want to be really thoughtful and measured in making this change. And we felt that focusing on um, these two subjects this year will allow us to ensure that our students are getting the support that they need and our teachers are getting the resources that they need as well. Um, I imagine at some point down the road we'll have discussions about uh, biology and math for grade nine, but we wanted to start um, in those two subjects for next year. Um, as you may know, there are no other leveled classes in grade nine at Medfield High School, um, and the structure of grades 10 through 12 will remain as it is. Uh, so this is only a, an impact for or a change in grade nine biology, or grade nine social studies um, and English. 
uh, we heard a few questions regarding honors uh, and AP level courses. Um, and just to, to make it clear, there are no plans to de-level, limit, um, or eliminate any of our honors or um, for the upper grades AP level courses. Uh, we believe it's important to appropriately challenge our students to meet their and meet their needs. And we know many of our students are ready for the rigor that both AP and honors provides. Um, we believe, um, I think we offer more AP courses here at Metro High School for a school our size than most. Um, we're continuing to provide teachers for the training to teach these college level courses. So I just want to make it clear that those options are not changing for students down the road. Um, moving forward to sort of the, um, oh, we're not. <laughs> Pausing here. Um, um, so the rationale. So uh, just talk a little bit about sort of the why. Um, we believe this will allow us to provide all students with equal access to appropriate supports. Uh, it'll allow all students the opportunity to gain a foundation of skills needed to access the English and social studies curricula. Uh, we'll develop, uh, we'll continue to provide a rigorous experience that will develop the skills necessary to succeed in high school. Um, and I think it's important to, to remember that providing a rigorous experience and providing supports for students in the classroom are not mutually exclusive. Um, we do this, we do this all the time. Um, we have plenty of students who need accommodations that are taking C1 courses right now, and perhaps folks don't realize that. In fact, I think more than half of our students in grade nine that um, have uh, accommodations are taking C1 courses already. So this is work that we've done and we feel that our students have been successful as well. Um, um, and final, oh, sorry, I'll go back. Well, the last line, the last bullet was uh, the transition from grade eight to nine. Um, we believe this will help in the transition from grade eight to nine. Uh, and this has been a focus of ours, as you know, it's come through NEASC and various conversations that we've had over the years. Um, we know there can be a significant change developmentally for students when they get from, when they go from the middle school to high school, um, and placement is challenging. It's always been challenging for us. Um, other schools that have implemented this format in grade nine feel that they have a better sense of placement after having the students for a year, for the simple reason that they get a year to know them more as learners. And we believe that that will be the impact for us as well. Um, this is a proven educational practice that many schools have done for years, and you can see, uh, as we've shared a couple times with families now, um, the list of schools that um, all have um, this format in grade nine. Some actually go beyond grade nine, but there's a whole list of schools. This, these are just schools that we felt we had some similarities to. Um, Dover Sherburn High School shifted to this model over 15 years ago. Uh, Lexington High and Weston High have been doing this for many years. Acton Boxborough will be doing it next fall as well. Um, from a scheduling standpoint, there's some benefits here. Um, students will have an increased chance of getting their chosen electives um, since most sections of the CP level will run, allowing for more flexibility in the student schedule. So not to get too deep into the weeds of scheduling, you know when you have a singleton course, which is really just one course that we offer, um, students have to be scheduled into that course and it doesn't allow for a lot of flexibility. Um, so if you think of, for example, in a year where we would have say four or five, so say four college level one courses and one college level two, so a total of five courses. Next year, we would have just five college prep courses. What that allows us to do is now take those five college prep courses, spread them out throughout the day, various periods, and we can be really flexible with students so that they would have more access to some of the electives. 
Um, so it has lots of benefits for them from a scheduling standpoint. Can I ask a quick question about that? Well. Are any of those classes, uh, what's the class size on them? Will it be capped in any way that would limit students from being able to take uh, other electives? Mm, say that again. So like what's the what's the max class size that one of these, these classes could be? For college prep? Yes. Um, all of our classes, we pretty much max out at 24. Okay. Um, we don't have a balanced schedule, and that's just a whole another um, conversation to have. So, you know, if you have 48 students, we wouldn't necessarily have uh, 24 and 24. It might be off a little bit. Um, but um, what, you know, some of our C2 classes right now have as low as five and six students. So you can see that there's definitely room for more students um, and more balance when we add that one class into the mix of five. Uh, it'll actually lower the class size. Any of those classes getting in that 24-25 range, would that limit students who wanted to get into that class but couldn't in regards to them getting other electives they wanted to? Like if the, if one of the advantages of this is flexibility, yeah. I'm thinking about the ways that it could maybe not be as flexible as we would hope and just wondering what the um, kind of the edge cases are on those and how we would be um, troubleshooting that, I guess. Well, we, by having... if. By having five, let's just say five classes that are exactly the same, we would be able to move them out throughout the day. So okay. if certain electives run one period and the student is requesting this elective, then we were able to schedule uh, that student into another period for, let's just say, English. Whereas before, like in a C2 class, if it took place, let's just say, the second block on day two, it was always a second block in day two, and that means that student would never have access to whatever electives I see. are on the okay. other side of that. So it becomes an equity issue also right. yeah. around mm -hmm. kids who need more support, and we're not able to expose them to larger educational opportunities because we're only able to have this one kind of course. So. Yeah, and you know, and you know, a big piece of this, and our department chairs couldn't be here tonight, but one of the things they talked about in the webinar last week was the similarities currently between C1 and C2. They almost run parallel to each other as it is. Um, they have the same uh, curriculum, the same, they're reading the same books, the same expectations, the same learner outcomes. Um, so we're not even seeing the difference there in terms of, um, you know, an advantage to such a small class. And Mary will talk a little bit about that in a bit. And then one other last thing I just want to note, because um, I know this came up in one of the questions, um, there's no difference in GPA credit. Um, even currently, uh, there's no difference between C1 and C2 in terms of the GPA weight. So this would not impact that at all. It would still be this, the same college level weight. Um, so I just wanted to, to make sure that folks knew about that as well. So Brenda, you want to talk about the teaching a little bit? Yeah. Um, so uh, just to talk a little bit about the structure of the college prep course, the instructional practices, um, part of our work in helping our ninth graders transition to the high school is teaching them to become more aware of the ways that they learn best. So we teach them how to access supports with the hope that they can eventually advocate for themselves and figure out who they are as learners. So with this student-centered model, students will have multiple ways to engage with instruction and demonstrate learning. Um, so the, you know, as Robert was kind of alluding to, um, the exit skills for, you know, for um, any ninth grade English class are the same. So they're all based on the framework. So for example, um, one of the writing standards for English 9 um, from DESE is write an argument essay with precise claims using valid reasoning and supporting evidence. Um, for history, you might have something like organized information and data from multiple sources. So, you know, starting with those goals, you know, people kind of... Um, 
worried about the rigor or, or the course, you know, the college prep course being diluted in some way, the rigor will be maintained, same frameworks. So starting with those frameworks and then looking for opportunities to kind of differentiate um, in a variety of instructional techniques and provide um, access and supports um, that are more personalized. Um, okay, so that. So, you know, in their lesson plan planning, teachers will begin with the frameworks. They'll look at uh, pre-assessments and informal assessments um, and look at flexible grouping, ongoing flexible grouping. So students aren't locked into like, oh, these would have been the students in the C2 class, so they're always going to be together in this group over here. That's not the idea. So the idea is ongoing, uh, looking at data, um, analyzing data to have these flexible groups and, you know, provide, you know, make stations based on, um, you know, one unit a student might need remediation and another one they might be ready to stretch. Um, so um, we started a little bit of professional development with teachers last week during the half day. It was very well received um, with all of the ninth grade uh, teachers that will be teaching uh, these courses next year. Um, so in this model, um, you know, the expectation before may have been that, um, you know, and maybe in C1 that they don't need a, a graphic organizer because they're in C1 or they don't need an audio book because they're in C1. Um, but like I said, they're, they're, you know, it gives them more access, more um, opportunities uh, depending on what they need at a, at a specific time. So we see this, you know, change being good for all students. Um, so we've had questions about the current differences between, um, or what would be the differences between honors and CP. Um, so, you know, with honors, uh, students are entering with more independence as learners, whereas in CP, they're developing independence. Um, honors has a faster pace. CP is moderately paced. Um, in honors, there's a greater uh, degree of analytical writing, whereas CP, they're more developing those skills. Um, in honors, um, Reading comprehension is is assumed, and they deep more into um, an, an, analyzing the reading. Um, whereas in CP, there's uh, there will be more reading comprehension support. Um, in honors, there's little scaffolding um, and summer work assigned, and uh, CP would have a lot of scaffolding. Um, let's see. And just um, a little bit more about differentiation, and then I'll pass it along to Mary. Um, so, you know, recently, our, like I said, our ninth and 10th grade English teachers and social studies teachers, or not 10th grade, I'm sorry, ninth grade, <laughs> participate in professional development uh, centered around this topic. So, you know, when teachers differentiate, they make adjustments to the learning process for the students according to patterns um, in, you know, readiness, uh, interest, or learning profile. Um, they can, uh, differentiate by modality or, or by complexity. So for example, they might present uh, information in various ways, um, you know, text, audio, uh, visual, etc. They also offer multiple modalities to demonstrate learning without sacrificing rear um, or the achievement of the target skill. So for example, they might demonstrate learning with writing or speaking or performing or illustrating. Uh, they provide multiple entry points for students to engage with the learning in one class. You might have stations, you might have self-paced technology, uh, choice grids, uh, tiered tasks. Um, you, uh, teachers would provide supportive instruction materials, like I said, audiobooks, graphic organizers, guided notes, etc. And a variety of assessment types, including uh, choice in various ways to show achievement in the learning objectives. Um, in my prior life, I was an English teacher for 20 years, and I taught this type of course and this model for the majority of my career. 
Um, and so, you know, with ongoing professional development and support from department chairs and strong partnerships with special education staff, we're confident that teachers and students will find success with this model. Um, can I ask a quick question about yeah. uh, currently we have uh, C2 classes and I think maybe a C1 class that's co-taught. Mm -hmm. Are we able to continue to put together, maybe not a C1, but are we able to continue to have that kind of co-taught support within this without them yeah. uh, having to channel kids specific, again, specifically into that co-taught class mm -hmm. only? Will there be variation amongst that staffing? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Not ideal to get on crutches the morning of a presentation. Um, so yes, Jess, great question. Um, I think that is one of the big things that we want to make um, known. As you can see at the bottom of this, there will be no change to gridded services. And I think we've had a lot of conversations and questions about that in general. Will you know access to a teaching assistant that might be helping or a special education teacher that might be in that classroom or a co-taught classroom, will those still be available? All of those options are gridded services that are legally uh, bound to be delivered to students and will continue, um, not just because they're legally bound, but because they're good practices and they have been kind of honing in on the skills and the crafts within those co-taught classes and as well as um, in the differentiation and supports that students are receiving. All of those will continue to be um, accessed. So we have a number of outcomes that we hope uh, will kind of be achieved throughout this. The first is just thinking about those transferable skills, greater self-advocacy and self-confidence. Teachers will be helping all students in college prep figure out what type of scaffolds and supports they need to find success while maintaining rigor and high expectations. I can't tell you how many times just in the past few weeks, not even related to this topic, that I've had conversations with people about not knowing how you study, how you learn, how you even go through activities in high school, because people tell you, people say, you know, we're gonna have an AP exam, this is the way that it is, these are the questions that they ask, and then you get out into college, you get out into the real world, and you don't have someone telling you, this is what the exam is going to be about, this is what the expectation for this is, and you don't know how to break that down, what supports you need, and what supports you need access to. Even our highest achieving students have a way that works for them and this is a way to have that available and to have that scaffolded and supported throughout the course of the class for all students regardless of what they need there may be moments where they need more and there may be moments where they don't but this is going to be able to help them to be able to be self-aware self-confident and understand what they need and can advocate for we're also hoping for increased student engagement and motivation. Um, as Brenda was kind of referring to, there will be a variety of modalities and student choice within this. Even as the most confident learner, there are moments where there are topics that you're not super confident about or something that you don't want to write about at that moment. And you might have another ability to showcase that, another way of showing your learning in a way that might be standing up and speaking to someone else. It might be creating a presentation. It might be utilizing some of those tech support services. And in this way, we have access for that for all students throughout the course of the day. We also hope for a supportive growth oriented classroom by engaging with students who have a variety of perspectives and working with a diverse group of learners. It's good for students and it prepares them for life outside of high school. 
Part of the work teachers will do is creating a classroom culture that values all students and what they bring to student learning. And I think that in part of the professional development, that was a big part of what we really loved was one of the first messages was that culture and that love of learning and recognizing what everyone is bringing is one of the key components to a successful classroom and to a successful school and to a successful business. And helping students to see that and model that throughout the course of the day is something that we're hoping to have as an outcome. We also want um, benchmark assessments to measure student progress and to provide additional support and challenge as appropriate. The flex period in the schedule provides an opportunity for even more support time. So when students may need more um, or may need less, they have classes and they know where they can turn to during that flex period. Um, I think we've had a lot of questions also about, you know, thinking about mental health um, for students and trying to recognize that, you know, some students um, are, are always together in a small group in this fashion. This allows students to have more diverse groups, grouping, um, not to be kind of following together within one group and to stretch themselves or to take a moment to say, you know what, in this lesson, I do need that graphic organizer. And that's okay, because it's just accepted in this classroom. And it's a part of the way that we learn. And I think helping students and helping anyone at any level to recognize what they need and to be able to help advocate for that is going to support students to be successful. Do you, um, sure. I, I know nobody likes it when they get their presentation interrupted, but uh, do we currently have ideas about or an understanding of what level of flexibility uh, our students make use of uh, in terms of moving between levels over years. How often do our kids move up <coughs> grades and do we expect that or do we look to that as a formal or informal kind of measure after this experiment? Do we predict that with additional scaffolding for kids who are in C1, they may be more ready for C, uh, for honors after this? Is that part of our kind of understanding about how we want to implement this or look for data? Sure. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely... Sorry. Get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Another accident. Um, I definitely believe that there will be, um, there will also be some outcomes very similar to that. Uh, typically, students do move up and down throughout, not only throughout their four years here, but throughout the course of a year. You know, we'll have students who start off in one level and by late September, they've moved either up or down. So um, I don't, this won't be a change in that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, certainly you might see more students just because there's only two levels, maybe perhaps wanting to move up. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll have to see. I know um, in some of the schools that we talked to, they sort of seen an initial bump in mm -hmm. honors early on, understandably so, but they think they felt things settled pretty quickly after that. But the, the fluidity that we have here, I don't anticipate changing. And like I said, students are in different levels at different, you know, at different times over the four years and even in, within the year, as we know, they changed to change its levels as well, so. Other questions? What are the, oh, sorry, can, do you want to go for okay. it? Um, do you mind talking a little bit more in detail on um, kind of what the benchmarks are that you're looking at to decide if the program is a success or not? I'm assuming this is a one-year pilot? Multiple years? Yes. Like what? what is? I think this is just it. Yeah, yeah we yeah, haven't used that word pilot ever. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, Facebook may have, but we did. Yeah. 
I don't know. So I don't look anymore. Have, you know, common, ass- common <laughs> thumb and assessments. Okay. Um, and those are to kind of typically used to, you know, provide, you know, like I was saying before, to provide um, data in terms of grouping and in terms of, you know, reteaching, anything like that. So that those are the measures that would be used. Okay. Uh, just a quick question in terms of, um, I know you had your presentation um, a couple of Mondays ago. What were the predominant concerns of those rising eight, ninth grade families um, yeah. in, in terms of what were the themes? Some of the questions were regarded uh, the accommodations and how we were going to support our students on, on who, who have accommodations on IEPs or 504 and whatnot. So um, there were questions related to more of that that Mary okay. um, addressed tonight. <clears throat> yeah, there, were, there were a handful of questions. Sorry, one more. And you said that um, the, that this was going to be uh, a better support from eighth grade to ninth grade, and that's because there's not leveling in eighth grade. Is that the logic behind? Well, I think why what, what we transition? see is just a change developmentally in students. Okay. Um, I, you know, I spent seven years as a principal at Clark, and I was always amazed at sort of the transformation that happens when those eighth graders walk the thirty yards across, you know, the grass into this building here. And what we see out of students and you know really it's if you think about it it's kind of february-ish when we're making placement recommendations as eighth graders trying to project where they're going to be you know six months later in grade nine on top of a transition to a new building so um you know i think in general we do a pretty good job but it's not an exact science by any means um and so i think that's just a product of trying to fit students into the levels that we think might be best for them uh, as opposed to of getting them more of a, f- a similar foundation that allows us to see how they are as learners and better place them or better, better make better recommendations for them for the remaining time in high school. Okay, that makes sense. And that was the feedback that the, you know, of the one the one thing that we kept hearing from some of the schools was that piece right there is the placement can be such a wild card. Right. From eight to nine, and the more levels you have, the more challenging right. it is to get yeah. that right. So. Okay. Yeah, it, um, I think I know the answer. I'll ask anyways. So the the impact on tenth grade is really none. Is that correct for next year's tenth grade? Yeah. Uh, yeah, for any given ninth grader, they, I mean, it's they they effectively have the same options. Correct. Yeah. Afterwards. Correct. So yeah. it, okay. And the same foundational base as well as Brenda was saying. The the classes themselves are not getting less skills or less material or anything going into tenth grade as a result of this. The actual measures that are used within ninth grade right now will maintain um, the standards remain the same it's just kind of the modalities and the way that the instruction happens and i think you know another big piece is um, having conversations about working with staff and making sure that it was not just this like one professional development that we do in march of 2023 and then um, walk away i think a big piece is having conversations and making sure that that professional development continues so that it's um, something that they can continue to access they can continue to bring back questions they can get together as a group um, led by you know administration to have ongoing support and make sure that anything that they need they have access to in the supports as well Thank you very much. Thank you. I just want to thank them. I mean, this has been something they've been working on, and, and certainly the, the new schedule was the first piece of this, and then, you know, looking at how we can best you know, make that transition for kids, and I think they're doing a great job of this. I appreciate the work on that. And just like you said, you were, you uh, Brenda, you taught 
these multi-level. So I had a daughter who went to a school where um, it, it was all levels, including honors and AP, all in within one class. And um, I found that it was a very, she found it a very enriching learning environment because all kinds of kids, all kinds of learners were in that one class. So I think it's great. Thank you. Thank you. All right, next is um, discuss the annual town meeting warrant, Article 20 and 26. Madam Chair, those were in your materials. Uh, we received these from the town um, that they're they're looking to have both the school, the school committee to um, co-sponsor co both the elementary school feasibility study funding and also the PPA uh, solar uh, one as well. So um, I thought we just, we would talk about it. I know that one thing that's important because we talked about it at SBC or I was there at SBC, maybe you can jump in, um, is that there was $250,000 allocated last year for NFY 23 that was not spent. It seemed like there was a feeling from SBC that that wasn't going to be enough to kind of get us through uh, yeah, for the next year or so that an additional $250,000 uh, was needed to kind of do some of this work that, that folks wanted. So I guess one of the things that SBC has to figure out, and Michelle and I have talked about this, is they have to figure out what can we glean from the first feasibility study is going to be successful to use in this next project. So that will really depend on what the, um, how much money is used because of that. You know, we, there's a lot of money that was spent already uh, with a lot of materials that we have already in, in feedback and information so we can use that. Uh, but there was still a feeling that an additional 250 was needed for FY24 as well. I don't know. I mean, at the last SBC meeting, I know we were briefly talking about, uh, I think the warrant hadn't come out yet, and um, there were some people missing. So um, we were talking about options of having to possibly ask for this on the floor. So it's nice to see it in the warrant so we don't have to ask for it from the floor. Um, so I guess I'm hopeful that the town supports this and understands that this will continue to help move things forward so we can find a solution for Dale Street. So. And essentially last year, um, these all of these things which were have the potential to be quite expensive and need to be done you know in a more intensive way than they were on this site um it's really difficult to see how those would uh, be able to be comprehensively done with two hundred and fifty thousand dollars i mean it cost us far more than that yeah previously so simply because it's legislated and i'm happy to know that the town has realized that it's really not something you can do on $250,000 that there's there was kind of a <laughs> instead of a um, including it it including all of these things with $250,000 it's almost impossible yes and we don't want to stall do. the project right. we want to keep moving so we want to keep it moving and yeah so I'm, I'm heartened that yeah. they've included this um, so I you know certainly I would be willing to support it I agree. Do you want to discuss the second one at the same time, or do you want to? Um, sure. What do you want to do? We can discuss the second one. Actually, we should vote separately since they're two different items. Um, so, do we have um, a motion to approve um, the warrant article, article number twenty? So moved. Um, so moved. Second. Do we have a second? So I think the motion would be to co-sponsor. Correct. Yeah, to co-sponsor. With the Board of Selectmen? Yes. All right. So do we have a motion to co-sponsor 
um, or an Article 20 along with the Board of Selectmen. So moved. Um, so moved, Jess. Second, Michelle. Second, Michelle Kirby. All in favor? Aye. 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 Fantastic. Thank you. All right, Article 26. So this is related to the power purchase agreements that we've talked about at several meetings with the Energy Committee. Um, I think this is the, the final step uh, for us to start looking at doing a project, whether we do it, I think we've talked about doing it at Blake first and then, you know, looking at this building and then over at Memorial as well. But um, in order for us to uh, to get that project moving, um, this would need to, to pass at town meeting. So I think that the town has asked us, asked you, asked me to ask you to co-sponsor this. Along with the Energy Committee? Along with the Energy Committee as well. And we've talked about this at <laughs> Exactly. I mean, for, for a no-brainer, yeah. which is a wonderful thing. Yes. Yeah. We support this. And we something that this. we desperately need to manage our expenses. Exactly. All right. So um, do we have a motion to approve co-sponsoring Article 26 along with the Energy Committee? So moved. So moved tonight. Do we have a second? Second. Second, Leo Brum. All in favor? Aye. 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 Great. Super. Any other items since posting on March 21st? No, Madam Chair. Okay. Um, FY24 budget <clears throat> update. Okay. So in your materials, you have a updated um, <clears throat> budget request and budget numbers for FY24. Um, as you know, last week we were asked by the Warren Committee in the town to um, reduce our budget again. Um, and that would, we are told at that point that if we reduce an additional number, uh, that they asked us that the total amount of reductions would be 296,133. That if we got our request down to 41,176,784 or an increase of 4.23, that the budget for both the school and the town would be balanced and that the process would be done and ready for town meet. So, in order to make those reductions, um, Michael and I put together some suggestions that we think after going through the budget this, this past week. Uh, and looking at ways that we could reduce the number. So we look at the retirements. Um, there's a Wheelock School Reading Teacher, Speech and Language Teacher, and Dale Street Nurse. So we had originally budgeted the number that you the step in lane you see uh, to the right of the of the paper. So if you see uh, Wheelock School Reading Teacher, Masters plus 30, step six, that's what we originally had budgeted for. Um, after going through and talking with the principals and seeing what they're getting for resumes, we feel comfortable reducing that to master's 15 step five as a budget number. Um, the same for the original master's plus 30 step 13 for speech and language. We feel comfortable with master's plus 30 step 10, which would reduce it 9,100. 9, and then the Dale Street nurse, um, master's plus 45 max. Uh, we feel like that we could, with the resumes that we have, we could hire someone potentially at master's plus 15 max, which would be a reduction of 7,367. And 99 cents so that's the first tier of uh, retirements that gets us down a bit so and then, we're not eliminating oh no 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 we're just um <clears throat> so we people who are right so we have budgeted a certain number and then now that we're getting resumes in we know that we can reduce that number by what we have there because we feel like none of the folks that are in the pool are going to be at the same level as the people that are retiring um so then we have a one-year leave uh request and then some scheduling changes at the high school um, that will allow us to reduce uh, 109.13. Um, so there's there's a, a request for a one-year leave of absence that, that I've granted. Um, plus, we're looking at additional scheduling 
because we'll know by the end of next week what that is, but we know that it will uh, reduce a 1.0 FTE in total. It's probably not going to be one particular person. It's going to be a 1.0 FTE the equivalent in total. Of that right, yeah. because based on the scheduling and, and where the kids are in their class uh, course choices. So that's additional 109.13 uh, reduction. And then we looked at our revolving accounts and if we had any ways to move folks that are in the operating budget into the revolving account. So our invest program, our special education program at the high school, um, we can move the entire teacher's salary into the revolving account because we receive tuitions from other districts uh, in that program. Uh, so we can reduce another 68,803. And then our administrative assistant and food service, and then 10% of the three elementary custodians into the food service revolving account. So that will be a reduction of 19,137 and then 14,612. And then because we have money in our ESSER grant, we're going to carry over. We're able to take the assistant athletic director and the teaching, one of teaching, teaching assistant position out of the budget and put it back in ESSER for one more year. So we kick the can down and roll a little bit with ESSER. We're able to carry over that money to FY24, but those two positions that were in the operating are now in, back into the ESSER account. So the total reductions there are 296,133 which gets us to a total new request for FY24 of 41176784 or an increase of 4.23%. Um, so those are the options that we went through. I think other options to consider, if you don't want to go through those, uh, we could look at um, adding technology fees to generate additional revenue and offset technology costs, um, or you, we could look at adding bus fees to offset transportation costs. Uh, but that's, you know, we everything else is level level funded as far as supplies, materials, all that, except for just a couple of items. Uh, utilities, obviously, is more, and a couple other items around uh, textbooks at the high school. But for the most part, everything is level funded for FY23. So this is what we thought and what we would recommend that you would approve for the additional reductions that were asked by the Warren Committee of the Town. Can I ask the... I agree with moving the invest program teacher and the, the rest of the uh, the positions or percentages of positions over to the revolving accounts and the food service revolving accounts. Um, I know that our food service revolving accounts have taken a significant hit over the last few years. Mm -hmm. um, and is that starting to... They're, they're back up now because back. of the, the reimbursement. So right. once once lunch went free for all students and breakfast and lunch, and breakfast and lunch were free for all students, we still got reimbursement. Okay. From the federal government. Okay. Okay. So we we're doing pretty well. We're there. doing all right there. Yeah. Okay. And then this the revolving account. Uh, I just get to say this at the last meeting, but you know that I, I'm pretty invested in um, trying to figure out how within our revolving accounts and building up our revolving accounts, we can start thinking about how we can start lowering tuition for full day K, so that eventually we can end up with a, an equitable position for every kid. Um, is that is this where we are looking to or have we been looking at this uh revolving account to be kind of building that up has that been one of our questions for to kindergarten, try to get? kindergarten preschool yeah. yes because one of the things that we're looking at uh, when we have the additional preschool that we want to be additional revenue that comes in there uh, we, we had this conversation at the warren committee on monday night you know, i think if you're going to move toward a full day kindergarten for all model it's going to be an override type budget issue. It's not going to be something that we can just put in there and just absorb. 
you know, as a district. So I think that's something that's, you know, brought a conversation with the community and, and everyone else to do that. You do get additional Chapter 70 money when you do full day, but it's a year after. So you don't get it the year you do it, you get it the year after. So it's it's definitely a conversation that we need to have. And I know that when we instituted in 2014, our goal at that point was to have free for five within five years. And that obviously has not happened. Yeah. So but we're still, I mean, obviously we're still working at that. That's an important part of what we think we'll be delivering. And this doesn't necessarily ding that. It does not. Like my, we're not eliminating. I don't even tell. I, I hate to see. Right. I, I trust your. Yeah, I mean, it goes a little bit to the enrollment, too, that we talked yeah. about in the beginning of this process. You know, yeah. As we looked at the enrollment you know, reduction at the high school, um, we have the, the larger group of classes coming back up in elementary school, and now that lower group that was. In, a, in middle school, you know, a few years ago that we, we talked about reducing that uh, in the high school. So we feel like, feel pretty comfortable that we can do that. And it's it's someone, for the, most of this one FTE is someone that is going on a leave for a year and coming back. So it's not like we're eliminating yes. someone's position. You know, it's a requested leave that happened right, right prior to the budget process that we honored. And it allows us not to replace that for one year, get to the number to get to. More than anything, we can at least try to take advantage of this very short period of time that we have this, the, the 2008 recession lull, as opposed to the yeah, pandemic lull, and then the, yeah. Can you vote the number, please? Yes, of course. That will be what the town would want. Sure. Yeah, sure. I'm real, actually really hoping that you can answer this question. Um, after looking at the Warren Committee number, there was um, additional money that from the ESSER grant related to the late bus. And I'm just curious, because the ridership has been so low, um, is the remaining 22300 a contractual issue that you can't just you can't like basically end no. the pilot no we, we could end it okay because i know I mean, it's we're going to try to get we're going to look at it again in the spring i think we've had in the fall we had much more ridership than we had in the winter and then you know, hopefully in the spring it picks up again okay it seems like it's like 90 percent empty oh it's it's there's not many kids on it yeah i mean for those kids that use it it works for them right. um, but i know that was something that we've heard about for years and we thought it was going to be a lot more ridership than what it is I just wonder if that was additional source of savings. That's all. No, okay. no thanks. Thanks. So, do we have a motion to approve the new um, FY24 budget of $41,176,784, which is an increase of 4.23%? So moved. So, we have a second. Second, Michelle Kirkby. Okay. Uh, all in favor? Aye. Aye. I'd just like to thank Michelle. I know that we've had many meetings um, as liaison with, with the Warren Committee. 
Warren Committee had, had done a lot of work on this budget, and it was nice to do it in a, in a way that we did it without all the drama and everything else. It was really just trying to problem solve and to make sure um, you know everyone could get to where they needed to get to. And Ed Vizella and Steve Callahan were great to work with, so I really appreciate it. So, um, Massachusetts School Building Authority Statement of Interest. Yes, so we, that time. yes in your materials, uh, <laughs> you have the updated SOI uh, that we put together. We've updated it for this year. Uh, so we've taken some things out and added some things. If we've, we've made adjustments in terms of repairs at Dale Street, it's all in there. Uh, and we're asking for your blessing to submit it. Uh, we hope to be on the selectmen's uh, agenda week or two, I think the April 4th meeting, I'm hoping, and then we'll be able to uh, submit that by the deadline of April 14th or 15th. But we'll, the SBC recommended this. They, they pretty much told us that they would support it, and it seemed like it was a no-brainer to, to at least submit it and see what happens. Any other questions, comments regarding the MSBA SOI? Starts. Not the first time you've seen it. I say everything old is new again. Yeah. Um, well, I, I uh, would make a motion to... Uh, what are we making a motion for, Anna May? To submit... To the, submit the SOI... To the MSBA. On the MSBA. So move, Tim. I know, second, Tim. Second. Um, Motion by Jess Riley, seconded by Tim. All in favor? Aye. 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 All right. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. The Metro West LLC. Sorry, Hospital. before we graduate oh, from uh, SBC stuff, yeah. um, we need to talk about what we're doing for the next SBC meeting. So I think for the next SBC meeting, so um, election is Monday. Correct. So we, um, I figured that Jess would attend, your meeting is on Wednesday? Correct. And then um, we have our next meeting on the 13th. You folks will vote in the new person on the 13th, and that person will just take over. So Jess will be attending one more meeting. So after the election, I will separately reach out to the two new members and touch base with them in regards to their thoughts, their thoughts the SBC, the expectations, um, and then I can help them tune in if they want to, to the next SBC meeting. Yes. And then as a new collective school committee, we'll vote on the new member, and then they will attend the meeting at the end of April. Um, Jess, are you okay with that? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I almost made plans for Wednesday just so I, I wouldn't have to go. But, um, no, I'm kidding. I, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I want to make sure that there isn't a, an open meeting law issue with you contacting two new members of our school committee um and how yes how does that work how do we do that um and by we i mean not me <laughs> um i reckon since they're not yet school committee members if you could please reach out to them before Monday, 
Okay. And just give them the consider. heads up. Yeah, maybe watch some meetings. And invite them to come to really think you know, about. tune in on the Wednesday meeting. Then we're not violating anything. Okay. And then um, they can come to the April 13th meeting with a decision. And obviously, they can speak to Dr. Marston. Yeah. They can speak to me. They can speak to yeah. Anna May, you know, if they want additional information. But that way, you're not deliberating outside, even if it's just a, a simple conversation about yeah. the possibilities. An FYI. Yep. Okay. Good catch, Jess. You get to be a pro. All righty. Very good. Now, the Metro West Health Survey update. Um. I can maybe start with that. Sure. Yeah. So uh, last week, Dr. Morrison and I met with Russ Becker, Mary, what's Mary's last name? Fitzgerald? Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald and um, Kathy McDonald. And um, in terms of bringing this information, the Metro West Health Survey information that is so critical to our community, so vital. Um, and how do we get it out to the community? How do we educate them? How do we let them know of resources, etc.? So this is what I love when people get together is all the brainstorming that went on. So at first it was going to be um, just an, a presentation like in years past, you know, coming in front of PTO. Then Mary had the genius idea of um, you know, why don't they sit in groups of tables and we have it more interactive? And um, so they would present a piece and then they have a, would have questions at their tables so that people at the tables can connect with each other. I think many of us who have had experiences with um, our own children with struggles, that when we learn that there are other folks who are either struggling or who want to learn from us, connections are made empathy is built and I think richer discussions um, happen and our, our town is full of resources and but there's also a ton of stigma uh, with mental health so if we can continuously push that envelope forward that we all suffer you know in our homes with these issues if we can come together as a community share resources and have a sympathetic year. I think um, I'm actually really excited. And you guys picked a date. I believe it was Monday, May 8th. May 8th, yes. For this um, community. And it's not just for um, families. It's going to be open to the community. And um, it hit me uh, when you did that vote that we should be using the MSBA language for the vote. The SLI, oh, yeah. That we didn't use that. So I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to get that up okay. so we can, you guys it's, can read Oh, it's that. a, it's a bear. Okay. Yeah. So, um, well remembered. You yeah. Where, where would you, uh, where would you hold it? Um, they were thinking where, where they have access to round table. So at Memorial. You know. Oh yeah, Memorial Cafeteria is the place that we, we thought was a great place to facilitate the conversation mm -hmm. as opposed to being in a long table and right. not being able to speak to each other. So I think Memorial too would uh, make it more accessible to younger parents. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it'll be, a, 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 you know, taking the, the road down memory lane for us older people. <laughs> <laughs> I do think though, um, from what I have seen over the last several years, uh, in the last few years in particular, the more people I talk to, 
who who very quietly will say yeah it, it's it's been really hard or that they're struggling with many of the same things that many parents are struggling with and how siloed we are yeah. and that sometimes i think our kids are not anywhere near as siloed about the about the topic but about whether they struggle um is still tremendously shameful to them and 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 that's really it's it's just such a shame that we have managed to take something um with all of this history behind it around you know whether mental health was a moral issue or a failing or you just didn't have good enough parenting or you screwed up when they were three or whatever it's it's not that it's biology and if we can't help each other with something that's so multimodal then then we're not going to get our kids through it because you know like they said at the masc the kids are not all right and neither are the adults because when you watch a child struggle it is it is like watching your heart outside your body so anyway okay so Thank you. So um, I'm very grateful and we're so fortunate as a community to, to have that par partnership with Medfield Outreach. And we as a school district have invested so much, you know, resource, uh, uh, so many resources towards SEL support guidance. So um, we just need to let people know about them. And community is probably the biggest part of that, you know. All right. Anything else to add to that before we revote? No. Okay. I'm just, Did you find I'm the just, language? Yeah, I'm just double checking it here because okay. it's saying here that the <clears throat> cities and towns vote of the school committee authorizing superintendent of schools to submit the SOI, and then the form of vote. And we've done this three times. I don't know why it's. Um, I, I might even have it written down. For no, I have it right here. <laughs> it's just, but they're saying here that the uh, the language says. In accordance with charter bylaws ordinances have voted have has voted to authorize the superintendent to submit so that's that to me is the language that we submit to them after the fact yeah. okay i think we're good we're good we're good okay so community engagement and communication any updates folks um i don't have any major updates uh, we're continuing to see um uh, increase increasement of followers amongst all three of our social channels um i think that's i think that's great because that's organic growth like we've only done our original plug at the very beginning to try to get people to follow along with us so we're up to 761 and then um our every other friday um <coughs> district posts of um, kind of what's going on continue to again increase <coughs> uh, increase numbers there in regards to people liking and commenting on them so i feel like that says if they're seeing that every other friday they're probably seeing the stuff in between so that makes me feel good about it um and then this spring i think you know we're at that point of the year where things are just going to go into warp speed um and so there'll be a lot a lot more messaging i think coming up over the next couple weeks so thank you very much no problem okay. Okay. a little bit further all right that's cool and um I don't have an, I mean, I think the update is what we said prior to, you know, trying to promote the focus groups and the strategic plan. 
Um, but I, it's also might be a reminder, and especially as the, the last meeting too, um, I think the concept of the meeting with the PTO at the beginning of the year and then towards the end, I think, you know, I, I, I want to do that as, as well, because it's, then it would be give them a little time. Hey, is there any questions or anything that you want to discuss? And it's just, just keeping that um, idea going. And, and that was high level. We were just thinking, again, being very loose, but April, May, maybe it's kind of a wrap up. So it's just more of a reminder, but that falls in that category. And I forget what schools you folks. Dale. Um, I don't know. I had a meeting that day. No, um, I think I was yeah, Memorial. I was Memorial. You were with Jenny and Daniel. But I see them every day. So we were okay. All right, super. Uh, shall we? Yes. All right, it starts here, then you have to insert everything. And these are the two reasons that they that were submitted. Five and seven. We're trying to make it hard for your last meeting. <laughs> All righty, take two. Having convened an open meeting on March 23rd, 2023, prior to the SOI submission closing date, the school committee of, the, of Medfield in accordance with its charter, bylaws, and ordinances, has voted to authorize the superintendent to submit the Mass uh, to the Massachusetts School Building Authority the Statement of Interest form dated March 23, 2023, for the Dale Street School located on Dale Street, mm -hmm. which describes and explains the following deficiencies and the priority of category for which an application may be submitted to the Massachusetts School Building Authority in the future. So, so then I have to. The five and seven be the two reasons. Um, replacement, renovation, or modern modernization of school facilities systems such as roofs, windows, boilers, heating and ventilation systems to increase energy conservation and decrease energy-related costs in the school facility, and replacement of or addition to obsolete buildings in order to provide a full range of programs consistent with state and approved local requirements. Um, and hereby further specifically acknowledges that this that by submitting the statement of interest form, the Massachusetts School Building Authority in no way guarantees the acceptance or the approval of an application, the awarding of a grant or any other funding commitment from the Massachusetts Building, uh, building Authority or commits the town of Medfield to filing an application for funding with the Massachusetts School Building Authority. We have a motion. A motion to take the place of the. A motion to 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 replace the last motion and accept this one that I just read. So moved. Thank you, Leo. <laughs> so moved. Second. Second, Michelle. Second, Michelle. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay. You. You guys are gonna have to do this. We're just a little straighter. <laughs> like maybe in a second meeting so the msba thinks we really take them seriously because we do we do we, we do. do all right well good catch then we didn't have to have an emergency all right strategic plan update all right thank you madam chair so we had our first uh, set of meetings this past week with the consultants so they they met with the leadership team for 
90 minutes or so on Tuesday, and then they met with some town department heads and the CPAC board, and then you folks. So they got a lot of information already on Tuesday. Um, they're looking forward to the process. We start again on uh, April 3rd, and they'll be meeting with teachers, students, and what's well, on that? parents, the community members, all that is on that day. Then the day after on the 4th will be a uh, board of selectmen, warrant committee, and town moderate. So there'll be one open to the community. One to the community. April 3rd. April 3rd. Uh, 630, 630 in the Dale Street cafeteria. Okay. okay, cool. And then there's going to, there, that's going to be advertised through Patch, the mm -hmm. paper, yes. social media. Do we have time to put up a, a sandwich board or something? We have to select an approval for that. Okay. Yeah. But we'll we'll get that out, uh, okay. you know, to those outlets. We sent email to parents yesterday, so that right. okay. alert them of that as well. Okay. Council on aging. Yes, we're gonna send it to them as well. Okay. Good. Mm -hmm. All right. Very good. Super. Where did you say it was? Dale Street Cafeteria. It was a, a nice opportunity, kind of, uh, to be able to have. Well, first of all, I think. I started, or shortly thereafter, uh, the strategic plan the first time, mm -hmm. and uh, it was very nice to be able to six years later to have like kind of a final, kind of brain dump of all the things that have happened over the last six years, and it was it certainly a good opportunity. It's nice. Yeah, this is a wonderful opportunity for the. And then mid-April, there'll be a um, survey that will go out to every, the community again. So if folks don't have a chance to participate in the focus groups and the forums, then they'll be able to fill out similar information in the, in the survey. So we'll put the survey links up on Patch, and we'll put that in the paper as well and, and get that out there. We could probably do hard copies if we need to in certain places. I think we did that last time at the library and senior center. So yeah, um, do that again. So the survey is open to everybody in the it community. Is. Okay. But we'll be tracking with you. I'd have to talk with them on that. Yeah. I mean, I think we certainly had problems with so before, so we'd have yeah. to make sure that that's something we just that is a safeguard. Policy update. Yeah, so a couple updates. Um, in the packet, uh, you have a uh, suggested modifications uh, to section A and section B they're really being presented as informational meaning you know we'd like you to review them and uh, we would discuss them in the next meeting uh, so that was uh, part one um, we are continuing to make progress we went through section C and D today uh, with Jeff and Michael, and I think that, you know, we have some other updates coming. So get excited for that. And I think we're targeting uh, mid-April to go through um, the next batch. So um, I think in advance, especially for those, um, some on my left and my right might be looking for some light reading. Um, <laughs> and you have that option, which is Can fantastic. Can you put it on an audio book? Because I do a lot and, of um, Others, there will be a lot of red. And uh, I think, you know, I, th I think we are just going to have to read through it and, and uh, mm -hmm. work through it. Uh, it may be like the, the theory was, hey, you know, you go through first reading, second reading, vote. But I 
I would rather that we all have some discussions to get a process that we can all start getting familiar with. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. Uh, it, and it is, uh, whoever said it, it, it's helpful the way that the MASC is, is, um, like they definitely have a process. They reminded us they've done it with about a hundred school districts. Mm -hmm. And I think when we, the first time we took it on, we just, they, they didn't have all the resources. They didn't have their resources in place. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so it's an interesting one. It sounds like it's a we, much more participatory uh, yeah. struggle. Yeah, yeah time. for sure. So, yeah, and thanks in advance for everybody's help. <laughs> Thank you. Andrea over here keeping us on this, too. <laughs> All right. So um, folks are just with that in the next meeting. You guys all have a discussion. We know you'll be watching in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tim, that next meeting, that'll be the first reading? Okay. Yeah, the, t the terms I, I would have to, to look up. Yeah, it would be the, the first reading, um, like, it, you know, review it now. It would be read, discuss. Um, and I'll be honest, in some cases, it, it might, you know, why exactly did we make one change versus another? We, we, we circle back. But as, as we looked at it, I, I think it, it is worthwhile, too. I, I said sometimes we leave things that could be changed and, and I, we're not necessarily going through the history of 100 plus years right. to get these policies in place and why did we do everything um, you know we definitely want to flag out the areas where we know there's risk where they, it seems like it you know really logical to make a shift and sometimes you might say hey it's not perfect but it's working right now and i think that's the spirit um, to try to get it all digitized because uh, it'll work better once it's out there. So looking forward to uh, making some progress. But the, the theory would be we'd put it on the agenda every meeting, you know, first reading. Then we'd put C and D for in the packet for review. Um, and we're doing a great job, from what I understand, of getting them out there on the site. So even if you're not here, you'll be able to <laughs> get C and D. And... <laughs> Get up there in public comment. Let us oh. know what's going on. Jessica Riley, 41 Flintlock Lane. I'd like to point out. Three minutes, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the time. All right. Um, Lily, you've been so patient. Thank you. Um, yeah, so for student council, next week is kindness week. So that's when we do the compliment wall. And then we do like a spread the word inclusion poster that you just sign at lunch. And then tomorrow actually is semi for the freshmen and sophomores. So I'll be there um, running it. And that's exciting. Yeah. Um, and then we'll have one of our biggest events of the year, Putting for Patients, coming up. I think the date is April 30th. Um, which is basically mini golf that's out on the turf and we raise money for the Jimmy Fund. And we're like one of Putting for Patients' like biggest raisers every year, fundraisers. Um, I think we raised like over $12,000 last year, which is really good. So we'll see if we can beat that. Yeah, that's about it. How the, how's everything going with like kids getting into college and decisions are starting it's, to be made or? it's good yeah i think most people here by april 1st from all their schools so good yeah and then we have the senior fashion show on saturday which is also exciting 
And the play happened, or the musical? Yes. Right. Feeling good? Second semester, senior year. Awesome. Sorry about the new snow days. Oh, I know. <laughs> Come on. I was just thinking Sorry. that today we're actually going to... We might actually... How long might ago has that, out has that ever happened before? Do you ever remember the Yeah, I do. Yeah, but that was like 20 years ago. 26, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. My nephew was born that day, as a matter of fact. Have a unique senior snow day or something during COVID? What happened there? They lobbied for something around? We did, yes. I would say that that year was a very special year. Apparently, they did an excellent job of presenting it to you. So you did a great job. Plant that seed All right. <laughs> cool. Uh, anyone else? Can't make it last any longer than it will. Yeah. Uh, can I? Yeah, please. I just want to thank you, Jess, for the hundreds and hundreds of hours of volunteering and, you know, being a support for me and always keeping kids in the forefront, always. We went through COVID, and we did through a lot of stuff in six years and nine years. So I just, I'm better at my job because of both of you, and I just really appreciate what you guys have done. So thank you. Thank you. I can honestly say I am significantly smarter, and um, just I, I feel like this job, if anybody ever thinks about running in there on the fence, do it. Because you will never know the things that you will learn being on a school committee. Good and bad, but mostly good. It really does expand your understanding of your community and children in general. It's been wonderful. Hold on. Don't don't, don't close the meeting yet. Don't, I need somebody <laughs> to help. Yeah. Oh, dear God. <laughs> no, not another living thing. I can't do it. No, it. <laughs> Anime, I was saying the other day, I think it is possible. I might be second, but I think it's possible that you may have been in more meetings than any single school committee member ever. Do you remember? We have, what, 42? But due to budget cuts, we couldn't do the electroplated watches. So, oh my god! Oh, thank you, you guys. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for all your guidance and we hug after meetings. Yes. Yeah, I would second. I mean, what Jeff said, like, I'm second. Yeah. That. On behalf of just, I mean, I, I get that I'm the newest one here, but on behalf of the families and the children, I just, prior to even coming here, I, I recognized how much you you guys kept the, the ch children and the families at the forefront of every conversation and how tirelessly you advocated for all of them. And I think the thing that is missed by many is the amount of work and energy that happens behind the scenes. And you guys are constantly just pouring your hearts and souls into everything. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for you for the service that you did and then personally grateful for how much you helped me this past year. So I just really appreciate both of you so much. So thank you so much. Thank you.
I, I have yeah, just a couple comments. I, I say um, one thank you. Um, when I joined, uh, school committee was a desirable place to join. It was, it was cool. It was something I, I wanted. <laughs> we are the cool kids. I wanted to do so. That that was a that was a, a great start. Um, collectively, you guys, you you both, you you let us um, as as new members, um, you let us into a pandemic. You let us through a pandemic, <laughs> and uh, and you you kind of let us out. And and uh, we all know that was um, quite a journey. Uh, I, I echo what you just said. The amount we learned from each other um, was was uh, was amazing. Um, there's so many areas. You know, what can we call out? There was a pandemic. There was a new school. There was a union contract we got through. And I'm so thankful that we did did last year. Um, we could go on and on, but uh, I, I did. I eventually. Um, I'm those of you who know I'm in analytics. They have those word cloud things, and I was like, "Gee, wouldn't that would have been a really good idea?" Right, but we didn't. But I, I just started thinking of some words, um, anyways. That some of them will be obvious. One might be one versus another. But I, I thought of words like honestly, like heart and hustle, uh, equity is a. I will call you out specifically. Thank you so much. I, I, I've learned so much. You've been tireless about that. Um, will, tenacity, patience, kindness, gratitude. Some of these, you know, it didn't feel like it at the time, but joy, <laughs> uh, humor, sarcasm. Not sure where that one. I'm not sure either. <laughs> um, tears and uh, and fun. These were just a few. Others can throw out, but I just there are things that came to mind. I mean, it, it's uh, it's been an amazing run. I'm so thankful for the time, for what you folks have done for our town and, and for our kids. And uh, I know I'm going to miss you, but I know I can call. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they don't ghost us. That's yeah, right. they may or may not answer. They got new phone numbers already. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'll be I, the I was, one running around the corner at Brothers. Like that. <laughs> I, I would say that in my five years, you know, you guys were very accepting and uh, and guiding me and talking me off the ledge when I'm getting when I get all fired up. Uh, you know, both of you have separate phone calls, you know, numerous numerous times, uh, and you're such good listeners. Uh, and I think that's the one of the key factors of this role is being able to listen. Um, you know, we listen to the community, we listen to each other, um, and then get it, you know, get it positioned in the right, the right way. So I think that you both have just perfected that. So, uh, you'll be missed. Thank you. All right. So, oh. <laughs> I, I, I think I said at the very beginning, the last words my husband said to me as a leaving the house is to not cry but did he forget who he married it's part of you <laughs> it's okay i know i know i'm trying to accept it but then my friends walk in and um i'm so lucky <laughs> um but we're only as good as our team right and i've got the school committee team led by Dr. Marsden, um, and as a couple of folks just said here, um, 
I've grown so much. I've learned so much. And I, the two words that keep coming into my mind and into my heart is gratitude and awe. Um, great podcast about awe. Look it up, Lucy Berkeley. Anyways, but it's true. Um, <laughs> this feeling of gratitude and awe, you know, what we've accomplished. You know, I think of the students who have been present and those who preceded you I was told this was thankless but um it wasn't and sorry I just want to okay I'm gonna keep it that simple thank you each of you and as I, I at our last book club and some might pals are here from book club we read this book mad honey and um i left the book thinking you were challenged there was you know i i've told kids lily and you know in my confirmation you know live with open hearts and open minds and um but i was challenged to live with an even bigger mind and bigger heart because of this experience and um and I just want to say, Dr. Marsden, you have been tireless. I know you get pooped on sometimes. <laughs> and, um, but just the dedication and my favorite memory, and I think, you know, there was just maybe a challenge of the day, and I was in the office signing warrants, and you just said, you know what, I'm going to go out and see the kids because I need to lift my spirits. And to me, that kind of signified it all, that um, that is where you draw your, your energy and um, what makes you such a great leader here in our school district. And um, we're very fortunate um, that we've had such consistency on the school committee in leadership. And um, I haven't forgotten you folks who make all this happen as well. And um, I'm going on and on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. These are my pals here who have helped me with elections and school building committee and everything else to support me. And of course, I can't not thank my family because they've sacrificed a lot sure. with me being here. Um, my husband, my mother, children. All the so. babysitting money. Yes. So, um, <laughs> all right, enough. Motion to adjourn. <laughs> So moved. <laughs> Do we have a second? Second. All right. And bye.